This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello, welcome to another edition of At The Turn. Joe and Nick here with you. Obviously, probably not out there playing golf, probably not going to the range. We're certainly not watching it on TV. Nick, strange times. It is strange times, Joe. We're in the middle of this coronavirus, COVID-19 outbreak. Um, it's it's weird to what to make of all of this. I mean, there was like a, I don't know, 24-hour gap window where everything went from coronavirus just, just being like a thing everybody knew about to it impacting pretty much everybody's lives worldwide. And uh, it, was, it was really a bizarre, I think that's the best word to describe it, a bizarre, you know, 24 hours. Yeah, and who knows where things are by the time you're listening to this, and we're not experts on it, so we're not going to try to dive into that at all. And that's not why we're here. Nick, why we are here today is we came up with a little idea of a way to pass the time over the next month or so before hopefully golf season resumes. We're going to talk about golf movies. We're going to do one every week. Nick, I came up with four or five that we can do. As it turns out, there aren't a lot of good golf movies out there. <laughs> There's really not. Um, I think we have the list that everybody listening probably has in their head. Tin Cup. The greatest game ever played. Caddyshack. Happy Gilmore, the legend of Bagger Vance. Yeah. If there's any others that we missed, please, please, please let us know. I mean, um, there's not. There, there are other golf movies, but none that are worth talking about for an extended period of time. Yeah. Um, just to preface this, Joe, um, and all the listeners, I'm on my third Moscow Mule, and I just spent the last four hours uh, doing my taxes, so oh. I'm a little toasty and short on patience, um, but I'm, I'm very excited for this for this movie shenanigans we've got going on. Oh, I should have gotten it. Should I get a drink? I want to get a drink Yeah, you, you should get a drink. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you explain a little bit of what we're going to do? I'll, I'll be right back. Go. Go. Um, 
Oh, yeah, Splane. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to get it. So we're basically going to give you a 2020 book review, a.k.a. a movie review on our favorite golf movies. Um, we're going to just kind of break down what we think of all these movies, kind of who's in them, when they were released, how they performed, the movie reviews. Uh, we're going to touch on the golf stuff for each of these. The best golfer in the movie, the worst golfer in the movie, the most unrealistic shot. Every golf movie has these shots that you just watch as a golfer and you just laugh and completely don't believe what is going on on your screen. And then we'll give we'll give the movie a score. We'll give it a golf score. There's some birdies along the way, some bogeys, and uh, we'll add them all up at the end and uh, come up with a score in relation to par. Okay, Nick, I have a... Did I buy you enough time, Joe? That was pretty quick. That, thank you. Um, You're never too so... far away from a drink over there. <laughs> no, we're, we, would, we had our, uh, our big shopping trip yesterday. We are locked and loaded from a... Uh, well, let's see. We have gummies. We have tincture. We have wine. We have beer. We have hard alcohol. Did you get toilet paper? You know, they didn't have any, but fortunately, <laughs> we were ahead of the game, and we... Uh, we usually stay ahead in our toilet paper. I'll say that much. Let me just uh, ask this. I just I have one question for you. Go ahead. My wife's been working from home for a week anyway, so she did all the grocery shopping this week. She went twice because she forgot some stuff the first time. Yeah. But but she has not stopped complaining about how crazy the supermarket was this week. Was it really that bad in your experience? So we actually went. Uh, oh, that's not very good at all. I just took a sip of it's sparkling Italian wine. It's you like, better get used to it, Joe. It's the last thing you can drink for the next six months. It's it's like it's red wine in a can, and it's it's I'll show it to you. And it's like sparkling. It's I mean, I'm gonna drink it. Don't worry about that. It just wasn't what I expected. Um, so we went late last night, and we had to go to Fred Meyer, which was kind of a shit show. And then we went down the road to New Seasons, and that was like. You know, as soon as you walk in, it smells of like French bread. There's fine cheese everywhere. Of course, it costs twice as much, but we just had to kind of supplement the trip. So New Seasons was very nice. Fred Meyer was kind of a disaster, but I guess that's the way it is right now. Yeah. So right. you've should explained we get, what we're doing here. Yeah, I gave him a little uh, a little rundown of, of what to expect for the next however many weeks of at the turn. Okay, great. So Tin Cup was released on August 16th, 1996. It stars Kevin Costner, Rene Russo, Cheech Marin, and Don Johnson. It made $75 million on a budget of $45 million. Nick, a movie review very quickly. Mark Salisbury of Empire call, called it the golf equivalent of Bull Durham and just as good. So pretty good praise there. It's generally a well-liked movie. I've seen this, I don't know, probably 50 times. I actually didn't watch it. The other day, because I, I know it so well, I don't just, think I need just to. Don't need, just didn't need to. P- pretty much. Um, but do you have some fun facts about this before we get into it? I do have a couple of fun facts um, that I got. I, I got a couple of these off of golf.com. So I'm going to cite my source because these aren't my fun facts. Uh, the movie was inspired by the 1993 Masters when Chip Beck trailed Bernhard Langer by three with four to play, and he laid up on the 15th hole and eventually lost. And they said, oh, oh, oh no. Wow, really? Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> um, second fun fact, the punch shot that Costner hit out of the bar when he's, like, after his 83, uh, when he knocks the uh, the Pelican off the, off the perch, that was something that Gary McCord did. Here's a quote from McCord. 
We were in Pensacola. Me and a few other players were trapped out in our condo during a rain out. We had nothing to do but gamble. That's what golfers do. And I see this pelican on a post. So I said, hey, guys, give me 10 shots, and I bet I can knock that pelican off his perch from my bedroom. So I got up to move the lamp and open the sliding doors. I put the ball down. They're all hiding behind the couch because I'm going to fire a foyer in this condo. I cut it right through the door, and it sails right over the pelican's head, and he flies off. Best shot I've ever hit. Wow. You know (laughs) – McCord's presence in this movie is a lot of fun, and as you told that story, I just think to myself, Gary McCord must have lived a really fun life. Like, he wasn't a great professional golfer, but he kicked around tour for a long time. He announced for, like, 25 years, and I was good buddies with Phil and that whole Arizona crew, professional golfers. Just got to be a fun existence. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I'm sure he's got more stories than than, uh, anybody else. Um, One last Fun-ish fact, it's probably, you could probably say this about any movie ever made. Uh, Friday nights, all hell would break loose with Cheech and Kevin Costner, uh, was what, what Gary McCord said. Anytime we had a Saturday shoot after a Friday night at Don's house, it was not good. So basically, they would just show up almost dead Saturday mornings for whatever shoot they had and um, try to just pull it together. Which it which sounds- which is probably true to any real golfer. <laughs> It's true to the experience. Or to anyone in their 20s, really. Yeah, exactly. So that's not, no, no uh, earth-shattering news there. So, Nick, I'm curious. Had, how many times have you seen this movie? Was that, your, that, that, was that your first spin the other day? I would say it was my third time. I think I watched it when I was a kid with my, with my family. We probably went to it in the theaters when I was super young. Well, it came out in 96. I would have been like 11. Um, I watched it once since I picked up golf. And, you know, probably, I don't know, eight years ago. And then I watched it last night. So I think that's probably yeah. my third time. Um, so I figured we'd just start with some general thoughts on the movie. Um, I like it. I like Tin Cup, bro. Kevin Costner. I'm not really, like, a big Kevin Costner fan in general. Like, I don't like... If Kevin Costner's in a movie, that's not a reason for me to watch it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But yeah. I think he's great in sports movies. So you got this. You got Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, and also Draft Day. Have you seen Draft Day? No. It's better than it should be. It's not great, but you go in thinking this is going to be a pile of garbage, and it's not a pile of garbage. Is it recent? God, yeah, I want to see it. It came out like five years ago. So Never even heard of it. Kevin Costner is the GM for the Browns, and oh, he spends <laughs> it's, it's, it's him on Draft Day. I know, it sounds ridiculous. It's him on Draft Day, and he spends – the entire day trying to trade up to the, get the number one pick. <laughs> Such a Browns thing to do. How far it, did they have to trade up? Like two spots? Uh, I think they had to trade up like three spots. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, Jennifer, not, not to focus on draft day. No. Cup review. But my point being, he always plays the same kind of character in all of these sports movies. He's always a guy with sort of this untapped potential, and he plays it really well. So like in Tin Cup, obviously, he's Roy McAvoy. The driving range pro, allegedly this great ball striker, but, you know, he can't get his stuff together. Never really realized his full potential. Bull Durham, same thing. He's going to break the record for most homers ever in the minor leagues. Field of dreams. He's a lame farmer. He's not good at that at all. Obviously, he builds a cornfield or he plows his cornfield to build a baseball field. And then draft day. He's the Browns GM, so that's not that great either. But it just occurred to me that it's the it's same always an underdog. character. For sure. Um, 
a couple thoughts. I, w- I watched this with Ashley last night. The f- first and foremost, the the presiding theme from our couch was anytime they said the name Roy McAvoy, she she would pause the movie and be like, "Wait a second, is this a spinoff of Roy McElroy?" <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. Is this supposed to be Rory? Is this Rory? And I'm like, dude, the movie was made in the mid '90s. Like Tiger wasn't even on tour at this time. Yeah. Just a crazy coincidence. Wow, that's funny. I'm glad that the movie had to be paused for that as well. Oh, like six times, probably. <laughs> uh, Cheech is great as the caddy. I love him. Um, it's a great relationship those two have. You could tell just by the chemistry those guys had that they genuinely like each other. And the story you told about them partying on Friday nights lends a lot of credence to that. But love the dynamic between those two. Um, Don Johnson. I have to I have to spend a little bit of time talking about him here. So David Sims, look, when you have Judge Smales, when you have Shooter McGavin, who we'll talk about in later podcasts, those are two of the greatest sports villains ever. Like not even golf, just sports. They're so iconic. David Sims in a different universe is the best golf movie villain because it's such is a he? good character. He's such a slime ball and he does it in like this very subtle way. I love when he tells the the old lady and the grandson to basically piss off and he lights up a heater <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's so good like he's with Jim Nance well you know I'm just trying my best out there and then he's just a, a total dick off camera I think it's fabulous I think he's really good in the movie yeah I think I think um yeah he's great in the movie but it just seems to me like that's just your typical tour player you know you get the aw shucks on camera and then that's just you know the persona they are. I mean, I can't wait to talk about Shooter McGavin because that 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 takes to a whole nother level his persona on the course. But um, I don't know. I just thought he was he was pretty basic. He's just kind of the guy you have to have. For me, it didn't really go. It didn't really go on the boundaries and, and break any new territory for me. Really? So you weren't uh, you weren't you think me? I didn't overly him... hate him. I did not overly like hate him. No, I was not like. Really crazy rooting against him. I was just like, yeah, this is probably how 90% of the tour players are when they're not on camera. Um, what do you think about what do you think about Roy parring in with a seven iron in the U.S. Open qualifier? Um, well, I'm not a fan. Not a fan of that whole scene, as we'll find out later when we rate these movies and give it a score. Um, there's a couple pieces about this movie that really I think give it a are just shame worthy like you don't oh. you don't just break 13 of your clubs on the t- what was the 10th tee of the US Open sectional qualifier you want to hit the big dog snap, snap 13 clubs in a temper tantrum on the tee while everyone just stands there and lets you do it and oh then, there goes uh, Roy and then par in like Parring in the back nine with just a seven iron is the second most unrealistic part of of that scene. What's the most unrealistic part? Snapping all the clubs? Snapping 13 clubs on a tee box. I do love the line where uh, Don Johnson, David Sims, comes over and he was like, ah, I heard you qualified. And he's like, parred in with a seven iron. You think you could par in with a seven iron? And he's like, hell, it never occurred to me to try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a great answer. It, you you should like, have to be in that position. Well, yeah, that that explains like the whole movie right there is 
you part him with a seven iron, you're so talented, great job. Why the hell would you do that? You've got 14 clubs in your back. Stop being an idiot, but you can't get out of your own way. Okay. I want to get to this because it's. I think this is going to be my favorite question. I think it's going to evoke the best conversation throughout this little series. What's the most unrealistic shot in this movie? And there's, mm. there's a lot. I mean, you could go with the 12 to end the movie where he dumps a bunch in the water and then holes it out for a 12. You could go with the aforementioned back nine where he's using the seven iron. So snaps all of his clubs, uses a seven iron. We see a lot of the shots. Like we see him hitting shots with a seven iron. We do. One of which was a bunker shot. Yeah, the buried bunker shot. <laughs> buried bunker shot with a seven iron. That thing came out perfectly. It's That's... it's neither of those, Nick. You no. know what it is so for me? I, well, I've got an answer. Okay, go ahead. Um, and I'm gonna get it out there before you just in case it's your answer too. The most, I mean, there's there are several heavy contenders. The most unrealistic shot is not the one he holds out from 230 yards, but it's the second shot where he takes his drop from 230 yards. Because in reality, nobody is ever not walking 200 yards farther up and playing from where the ball entered the hazard or to whatever yardage they want to play from. Look, I get it. We're, we're talking about the U.S. Open here. So that, in terms of what's the most unrealistic shot, the fact that a person about to potentially win the U.S. Open would choose to hit a shot that they have just shown they could not execute, again, from that exact same spot, is the most unrealistic shot. Now, <laughs> I, I know I, I left an obvious one on the table for you. Did you? What do you? Wait a minute. I'm, I'm curious because I'd be very surprised if, you pick the one that I have coming up. Well, the, the one I picked is the one I picked. The The obvious one, the most unrealistic shot is, is him fucking dunking it from 2.30 after hitting <laughs> into the water four times. Okay. The most unrealistic shot of the movie. So we talked about the whole scene where Roy pars in with a seven iron. Then, for some reason, David Sims is there. I don't know why a top touring pro would be hanging out at a uh, regional qualifier for the U.S. Open just to <laughs> just to bust Roy's balls. It doesn't make any sense to me. But that conversation leads to a bet. Who can hit the golf ball the farthest with a seven iron? And Roy, you know, smashes one out there. And then old clever David Sims drops a ball down, takes the seven iron. He turns away from the driving range, looks at a long, narrow road, mind you, and hits a seven iron down this road. It bounces and continues to bounce perfectly in the center of this road. Nick, I say that no. is the most unrealistic shot in the movie. The idea that close. he is going to hit a seven iron and it is going to continue on perfectly down the road, straight the entire way, totally unrealistic. It even goes underneath this, this perfect little archway, which is, which is nice. But no way. That's... Okay, again, I love how you're touching all this stuff. I'm going to get to this later in my in my score of the nah, movie. Do it, do it now. Come on. But that is – that's not unrealistic at all. All he has what? to do is 
hit it down the middle of the fairway, and that thing's never going to stop bouncing. No. That is a unpaved – it's a paved road, but here we are in BFE, Texas. You can't tell me that road is flat. That thing's got potholes in it. That, that ball could bounce literally any direction, and the idea that it is going to bounce straight continuously is absurd to me. No way. I mean, I, I love – okay, so I'm going to get into this in my score. All right, so we're gonna. I'm gonna jump to the score that I'm giving this movie. All right? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, tin cup for me shoots an even par, even mm. par seventy two in the house. Three bogeys, three birdies. <laughs> go on. The first bogey when uh, he plays an eighteen hole round in a bet with garden tools. That might even be a double bogey for me. That that scene is so terrible. When he's got like the garden hoe and the shovel and the baseball bat. Oh my god. It is it is an embarrassment to this movie. Like if I was like recommended to a, to a friend who'd never heard of Tin Cup and I was like, You've gotta watch it, it's a great golf movie. And they turn it on and they see him like teeing off with a baseball bat and then hitting out of the middle of the fairway with a shovel and getting out of a bunker with a garden hoe. They're like, Nick, you you need to watch some more movies, bro. He is a prolific striker of the golf ball, whether it's a seven iron, a but driver, why? or a hoe. How does hitting it with a hoe illustrate how great of a ball striker he is? It doesn't matter the wrench. It matters the swing, Nick. The unfinished symphony of that, Roy McAvoy. That scene for me is at least a bogey. I'll give it a one-putt bogey. Or <laughs> one over par. Okay. Uh, I already touched on this when he snaps 13 clubs on the 10th tee box in the U.S. Open sectional qualifier. <sighs> just stop. Just just stop. That That's another bogey for me. I mean, look, I, I want to see somebody beat the odds, but you that that's a little bit forced for me. The third bogey, Joe, when he holes out that shot, he hits like six into the water. It's immortal. And, and then, it, then the next shot goes in. All you need to do to illustrate that point is to just have him hit at the tap-in range. He he holds the green 18 inches away. End of story. You know what I mean? He's already made his 12. It doesn't matter. Why, why does that shot need to go in the hole? Because no one's going to remember who won the U.S. Open, but they're going to remember his 12. Yeah, but what does it matter if it's a one-putt 12 or a zero-putt 12? Well, it's sensational. Okay, let me let me throw this your way. What is one of the most often things they show when showing highlights for the players' championships? They show holes and ones occasionally, but you know what they show the most? They show Freddie's par doing the exact same thing. Fred Couples knocked it in the water. He put another ball down on the tee box and dunked it for a three, and then he had a classic, like, Aw shucks, Freddie reaction. And they show that it's that and Tiger's putt that are the two most famous shots at the players. So it's kind of like that. I get that. I get that. But it's just significantly different given that it's a 230-yard shot on a par five where he's just hit four of them in the water and then he somehow pulls out. Just for me, for the movie's sake... There's just no need for him to make that shot. It just should be for, like, Hollywood's sake, just knock it to, like, six inches, and then it's, you know, at least believable. 
Nick, that's the whole the whole point of the movie is that he holds that shot out. It makes it worth the reason he's dropping all those balls because he knows he can execute that shot. And while it is unrealistic that it goes in the hole, that's kind of the whole point is it's this really great golfer who has the ability to pull off a shot like that. But before he pulls it off, he screws everything up and any real meaning that could improve his life doesn't happen, but he does a memorable thing and you remember him in your mind. If he hit it close, then he taps it in. It doesn't have the same impact as him actually uh, making the shot. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I, you're still going to remember the 12. Yeah. Anyways, so those are my three bogeys for the movie. So we're three over par, but we've got the back nine with some opportunities coming up. You got a seven iron in your hand. Speaking of which, yes, that seven iron competition, Joe, that is the first birdie for me because it, it does a, a great job illustrating the mindset between the two golfers that that Rory McIlroy just <laughs> just wants to bash his seven iron as far as he can. And he, what does he hit like 220 or whatever it is? And he's like, like incredible seven iron. Great. And then Don Sims just uh, makes the smart play, thinks outside the box, makes an easy shot and easily wins. And to draw that comparison and illustrate it that way, I thought I thought it was an awesome movie, an awesome moment in that movie. It is, despite the fact that it's criminally unrealistic <laughs> for him I, to hit the ball down the road like that. No way. You've, you've, Sorry. you've, you've, I know for a fact you've hit a cart path and it's, it's this three foot wide cart path that's taken four bounces on there and gone 100 yards past the hole. Not intentionally. He's intentionally <laughs> okay. doing it and it also stayed perfectly straight. When my ball hits the cart path, I don't know what the hell that thing is doing. I get that David Sims is like, oh, I'm playing it safe. Oh, shucks. But I don't buy that it would bounce that straight for that long. I just don't. In fact, he would easily win that competition, whether it takes two bounces and goes into the desert or not. Roy hit it 225, baby. Okay, so I've thought about this. So Roy Roy hits it 220, let's say. Because he says he, he can hit it, you know, 230 or whatever. So let's just say he hit it 225 conservatively because he does say he towed it a bit. Don Johnson steps up there. He's got a seven iron. It's not his club. It's not his ball. So I'm going to say mid-90s. He's wearing a sport coat. Exactly. Mid-90s, seven iron. Uh, let's, let's just say he hit it 170, okay? So that means it would have had to have taken two bounces over – 60 yards. It would have had a bounce, go 30 yards, bounce, go 30 yards again, and stay on the road. That is what I'm saying would not happen. It would have, for him to hit it dead center, perhaps. He's one of the best golfers in the world. I'm sure he could do that. But to rely on the bounce being straight is what I find most unrealistic about it. Oh. All right. Anyway. I'm sorry. I know you. I I I disagree. I do disagree. I, I disagree. I wish Ash was in here so she could be the uh, deciding vote on this. She was totally bought in. She gave it a four out of five. Hell yeah. Which I guarantee is three stars more than she'll give any of the other golf movies we watch. (laughs) By the way, so, okay, I got a text from your wife that said she can join us if she watches all the movies. Does that mean that after we watch all of the movies, she'll join us on the last pod to talk about the last movie we talk about? No, it means she reserves the right that whenever she 
feels like it. She's going to jump on the podcast and, Even and talk, better. talk about these movies. An yeah, Ashley I mean, O'Brien surprise. Yeah, we, we had a... So she went on those, uh, you know, apocalypse grocery runs, and, and she bought a couple bottles of wine from, like, the, the discount market that you should yeah. never, ever buy anything from. And uh, she bought five glasses of wine from, from that before, <laughs> before she sent you that text. But anyways, yeah, she might join us on one of these. I can't wait. Truly. Yeah. Lacey was very excited to hear we might have a female perspective on this podcast. So speaking of female perspective, I have another birdie for Tin Cup. Is it Rene Russo? It, 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 in a way, it is. The first scene in this movie, Kevin Cosner starts off with a riddle. Do you remember this riddle, Joe? A riddle? I don't think I do. Yes. So the riddle is... Oh, yes, where he's telling his boys about it. Yeah, if, sorry, continue. If I can recount correctly, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, a boy and his father get in a car accident, and the ambulance comes and takes the boy to the hospital, and another ambulance comes and takes the father the other direction. The boy gets in the hospital and goes into the operating room. The doctor says, I can't work on this boy. This is my son. How is this possible? So wait. Let's save the answer. Well, let's let people think about that and give us your take. Well, my, my take is I, I have to come back to it then. My yeah. take the whole answer to the riddle. Okay. Yeah. We'll save that. We'll come back to that. Give us your last birdie. Um, when Roy gets the shanks. Oh, yeah. That, Great that's, call. A, that's a birdie because it's so relatable. I mean, anybody who's who has played golf and is watching this movie is like just – aggravated either about how much they suck or about how unrealistic it is and then he gets the shanks and then all of a sudden everybody is drawn in like wait a minute this is so relatable i have to pause you You are you are projecting yourself on our audience right now yes (laughs) you just said you're frustrated watching this movie because of how much you suck and because and because of how unrealistic Tin Cup is, I don't think that's everyone's perspective. Yeah. It's your perspective. No way. <laughs> Everybody watching the movie is like, there is no way. And then he gets uh, the shakes. And they're like, all right, now now, I can relate. I do really enjoy the scene. And I thought it was quite brilliant how um, Romeo Chichimarin cures Roy. By having him turn his hat around and put a tee in his pocket and take the glove off and do all these things. And it looks like a damn fool. And he's not thinking about the shanks. And he stripes one down the middle. And then he's fine. Well, he gets shit-faced and shoots an 83. But he's fine after that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that, that, that's definitely a birdie in the movie for me. Should we go back to the riddle? Yeah, so, okay. Give us the answer to that riddle. The answer to the riddle is the doctor... Is the boy's mother. I love it. I love it. And yeah. all those dumb Texas boys didn't mm-hmm. think about that. Yeah. Um, so that that really, for me, I mean, my wife is a women's soccer coach. She's big in advocating for women, you know, women coaches, women in athletics, women, you know, women everything, you know, you name it. So she was totally bought into the whole movie, I think, from the first scene. But I think it does a good job of, of – I mean, obviously, this was 1996 also, so it was a long time ago. Yeah, Rene Russo. I, I, I really like Rene Russo. I think she's good in this movie. Um, I do think her performance, as good as it is, 
I enjoy the friend, the other woman, and God, I can't remember her name, but she has like stripper vibes about her, exotic well, she, dancer vibes. A, she is a stripper. There you go. That's I love vibes. her character. She's like, she basically just fulfills a role of like misexposition in this movie. Like, she has a lot of points where she just like fills in stuff about Roy's past and what he's like and, you know, to kind of build up that character. But I love her. And I love the fact that it sort of hints at her and Romeo getting together at the end. Sign me up for a sequel with those two. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. How about the fact that Rene Russo goes for a uh, driving range golf pro who lives in a Winnebago? Yeah, I mean, good for her. I so want to transition after that. After she leaves a touring pro for that. So I want to transition that into another topic that we have. Uh, the worst golfer in this movie. So... I want to give this to Don Johnson because I'm not a fan of his swing. I think it's pretty bogus. Um, I will say Kevin Costner, say what you want about him. Guy's got a good golf swing. I'm convinced that he is a good golfer, or at least a good, a, a decent golfer. Aren't you? Uh, I don't know. Marginally. I mean, he worked, he learned, worked a lot with uh, McCord and Costas on his swing for the movie, which was, which is great. I thought his swing looked really good. He did good. hit a lot of his own shots. So uh, Don Johnson, I don't think, did. I think a lot of his were, they cut, you know, close-ups to, uh, to a stunt double. Yeah, I want to give it to Don Johnson for the worst golfer in this movie. And but, I echo all your sentiments about, I like that Rene Russo is a strong female character in this movie, but come on, she's the worst golfer in this movie. Like, the first scene be is a her. strong female character and be the worst golfer. It's, it's are not mutually exclusive. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'm going to go with. Um, her swing's terrible. Like, it's really bad. They have the one point where she goes through the grip it and rip it mentality, and she pulls off a good shot. I can't imagine how many takes it took to get Rene Russo to make solid <laughs> enough contact with the driver because it looked like a good shot. But, yeah, yeah that swing's terrible. It's Rene Russo. I, um, you know, it for sure is. I just feel like they're they're like, hey, you're you're gonna play a woman who wants to get golf lessons to impress her golfing boyfriend, and you've got no experience. So you, what you're gonna do is literally just walk up here and be yourself, and, and good luck trying to hit this golf ball. And she whiffs like four times, and then uh, that's just her being her, which which I think is great. The best golfer in this movie. Now, Nick, I'm gonna give my answer first to kind of set the table and, and see what your take is on this. So. Roy McAvoy shoots a 63 in the U.S. Open. Pretty damn good. Peter Jacobson is in there. Peter Jacobson actually wins the U.S. Open in this movie. And kind of a tangent, when I was working back in news, they have a local tournament here in Portland. And I reached out to Peter Jacobson, and I actually spoke to him for, you know, promoting the event and so forth. And the first question I asked him, you know, kind of get an icebreaker, uh, I— I asked him, what was it like to win the U.S. Open in a movie? <laughs> and he laughed. And he laughed, and he, he kind of said, well, it was the only major I ever got, so it felt good. And I just thought that was really cool that he was able to, you know, because look, Peter Jacobson, he's pretty big around here. He's designed a lot of courses. He's a local guy. He won six PGA Tour events, but he does a lot of the celebrity events. He was big with Arnold Palmer. He had a charity event in Portland for like 25 years and had a pretty big following around here. So I just thought it was cool to see him in that movie. He won the U.S. Open in that movie, so you could say it was him. Nick, the best golfer in Tin Cup. 
is none other than five-time major winner, three-time master yeah. winner. You're so predictable. 43-time so... PGA Tour winner, Phil Mickelson, makes a brief appearance in the film when Roy McAvoy is caddying for David Sims in a charity event. They say that Roy can't pull off a shot. There's betting going on. And who do you see that a young, spry Phil Mickelson, no lines in the movie, mind you, which I wonder about this. Do you think Phil Mickelson had a line in this movie and it got cut? No, because when I was reading my fun facts, uh, one of the fun facts that didn't make the cut, but now uh, is, is going to make the cut, is all of the PGA Tour players who had um, like extra roles in this movie were getting paid basically $600 a day to be in there. And their agents said, no way. We, they need way more than that. And so basically what they did was they got Costner and Cheech and Don Johnson to go to dinner with all of their wives and just schmooze up the room and be like, hey, your husband needs to be in this movie. Oh. Just just do it. And, and they were like, just turn on the charm. And then lo and behold, the next day, all these, like, I think they had 25 PGA Tour pros with, with uh, cameos or extras um, in the movie. And they, for, for the bare minimum, 600 bucks a day. Now, shout out to Craig Stadler, because that man has some lines. He stretches the old acting muscle. He's in there. He's 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 mixing it up. But Phil's the best golfer in the movie. Nick, do you agree with that, or is it someone else? Um, I'm. A, it's got to be Roy McAvoy. I mean, he he makes the shot. He sets the record. Um, Phil Mickelson. Well, he's in the movie. He's not a part of the movie, so I I'm, I'm not including him in this. He's not the best golfer in the movie. He's the best golfer seen in the movie, but he's not the best golfer that the movie depicts. Nick, what's Phil Mickelson's occupation? Uh, actor, right? Actor, <laughs> professional golfer, baby. He's a golfer for sure. He's a he's a golfer. Um, okay. So you gave this movie an even par seventy two. I'm gonna give Tin Cup a one under par seventy one. I like this movie a lot. It is very flawed, but I think because the pool of golf movies is so shallow, Tin Cup gets inflated because of that, as it should. There is sure. still a lot of good stuff in this movie, even though it is deeply flawed. The relationship between Cheech, Kevin Costner, love that. Rene Russo, very good. Love all of his dipshit friends in the Winnebago. That's all fun. Don Johnson, I like him more than you. I think he's a really good villain in this movie. All the PGA Tour cameos, the betting, the griminess of it. I really buy him as a down-and-out driving range owner with a lot of golf potential and a lot of demons. I like Tin Cup. I don't love it. I like it. One under par 71. Okay. I'd say it's a pretty good, pretty good, pretty accurate rating. Um, it, it's not the greatest golf movie of all time, but it's definitely looked upon favorably as a golf movie. Do you think it's firmly number three? I do. It is, right? Yeah, it has to be. It's just, like you said, there's just not a lot of competition. You it know? really isn't, unfortunately. Yeah. It's, um, it's like greatest quarterbacks of all time. You know what I mean? It's it's pretty clear cut. When you look okay, at so we talk about Roy making the 12, and really, I had one thought as I, uh, as I watched this movie. You know, 
what what do you think Roy McAvoy could use in that situation, Nick? Um, well, it, it just seems like, besides a couple of extra yards on his uh, three wood, maybe a, a distance measuring device. Yeah, he doesn't know. He he's look. He's got his yardage book. He's got his trusted caddy. He thinks he knows how far it is. He doesn't. He needs a rangefinder. He needs a real rangefinder. All golfers, real fictional, need a rangefinder they can trust to know the precise distance to their target for every shot. Good news, movie fans and golf fans. Precision Pro rangefinders, Nick, the best in the business. You can save. $20 or $10, depending on if there's a sale going on right now, depending on when you're listening, check it out. Use coupon code at the turn at checkout. You get a screaming deal on the rangefinder. Nick, when we're allowed to once again, you can swing with confidence. You can hit more greens with precision pro golf. Let me ask you a question, Joe. Go ahead. Roy McAvoy lasers that shot right there. Yeah. You think he? Uh, you think he lays up? <laughs> He's like, oh, oh, two thirty. Oh no, that was right. two twenty. I had two twenty. Your boy is not laying up on the golf course. He's not laying up in life. That's the whole point of the movie. How, how about this? He spins back a three wood from two thirty <laughs> on U.S. Open greens, no less. Yeah, that's impressive. That might He's be not... the most unrealistic shot. <laughs> okay. Because so... I, I swear to God, I'm watching, and the ball lands next to the flag, and I'm like, I could have sworn he hit like six into the water here, and then it starts spinning back, and I'm like, am I supposed to believe he just hit a three-wood from 230 over the water on U.S. Open Greens and spins it back into the water? Oh, okay. He is a <laughs> prolific striker of the golf ball. <laughs> So Nick gives it an even par 72. I give it a one under par 71. That's all I have. Do you have anything else on Tin Cup, Nick? That's it, Joe. This has been fun. I'm looking forward to the next one. This has been fun. Um, So I think the plan is for Nick and I to do this once a week. But as we are around our our loved ones more, perhaps this will happen more frequently than once a week. I just got an email from work. I haven't haven't read the whole thing yet, but it seems like this might be happening a little more often. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds great. We've got four more to get through. We'll surprise you with which one is next. Thank you so much for listening. Again, go to precisionpro.com. Use the coupon code at the turn at checkout. You'll save some cash. Nick, I'm excited for the next one. Let's do it. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at the turn.